Money, money, money. When we talk about health care in this country, that seems to be the prescription for all of our woes. At least the politicians claim it to be, year after year after year. Uh, coming up in a minute, we're going to chat with former Health Minister Jane Philpott about that very concept, how it hasn't worked, and maybe some other avenues we should explore. And of course, uh, Jane Philpott will be remembered by many of you uh, as one of the victims of Justin Trudeau's efforts to handle the SNC-Lavalin scandal. Uh, of course, his Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould was the f- focus when she said she had received a request from the Prime Minister to try and, you know, alter some things that, through the court proceedings. Prime Minister denied those claims, um, but she ended up saying, no, I'm not going to do it, and was booted from caucus, and, and Jane Philpott stood with Jody Wilson-Raybould and was also booted out of caucus, ran as an independent and won, uh, did not run in the last election. Uh, so let's find out what she thinks about healthcare system and the state of government in Canada right now. Um, Ms. Philpott, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, now, I, I don't think we've ever spoken before. So before we get started here, let me just say thank you. I, I, I don't think we have enough politicians who put, um, you know, doing the right thing ahead of partisan politics and their own self-interest. And I, and I really respect that you did that at considerable cost to yourself. Uh, we, we need more of that in our political system, I think. So, so thank you for taking the stand well. that you took. I appreciate the feedback. That's great. Now, you ran as an independent two elections ago. This time you were not up for election. But as you watched as a non-candidate for the first time in a little while, how did you feel about what we went through in our most recent federal election? Well, I think it was a a bit of a frustrating exercise in many ways. Uh, As uh, I indicated in the article that I wrote recently, we ended up with uh, a... uh, a composition of parliament that's pretty much the way we started and of course it cost a lot of money to mm. run an election so i think there were some frustrations that canadians felt about whether the process was really necessary now you're a doctor now working in a university setting still in 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 medicine um i think we can all agree that historically canada's healthcare system has under delivered and perhaps cost more than it should have i mean it's a tremendous amount of money and we're, we've always said we don't get the results that we should and the pandemic seems to have exasperated that would you agree that our healthcare system has always been a sore spot for what it costs and what we get I think it has always been a sore spot. I mean, of course, there are many things about our, about health systems that we're proud of. I mean, we're, fa- we're proud of the fact that we're a country where people do get access to health care uh, based on need and not based on their level of affluence. But you're absolutely right that when you look at how much money we spend per person in the country, there are lots of countries in the world that spend less than we do but actually get better health outcomes. So we need to take a serious look at what we could be doing better uh, and get the value for money that that people should expect. Yeah, when you take a look at the politicians' response, it is always more money. Um, All the federal parties were campaigning on that. All the provinces came together and asked for more money from Ottawa. Uh, That seems to be the only solution that they can fall back on. Well, it seems to be the easy answer, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and of course, the, the provinces, you can't blame them in a way. They, they're they spending 40 or 50% of their provincial budgets on health care. Yeah. So they are seeing those cost drivers going up for themselves, and it's the easy time thing to do during an election to say, you know, the feds should be handing over more money. Uh, you know, what the conversation should be directed to is how are we spending the money? Are we spending it on the right things? Are there... Uh, things like uh, access to home care, for example, access to mental health care that 
don't actually cost all of that much. But if we were a little bit more proactive uh, in and upstream and in, in where we were spending money, we could actually save money in the long run. And the, you're right, the pandemic has shown that better than anything. Yeah, so we just keep pouring money into it. Like you say, it's just, well, we'll throw more money out. We'll throw more, we can be a little more specific with how we're spending that money. Give us some ideas, like you say, home care, uh, mental health care, things like that. You know, you're also involved in, in academia, and we have a great group of researchers here that could really help out, couldn't they? Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm delighted that in my post-political career, I've ended up with this wonderful opportunity to be the dean of the Faculty of Health Sciences here at Queen's University. And, and you're right, you know, we need to look to uh, the fact that uh, people who are in universities and academics actually have a lot to contribute, and, and that's what we do is try to tr- do the study that's necessary to determine how we can do better. So, you know, I look, for example, at uh, one of the groups here that studies health policy, and they've looked at things like home care, and they've proven that with some relatively inexpensive supports for seniors um, to make sure that they get good nutrition and a bit of exercise and socialization, that you can actually keep pe- pe- keep older people out of institutions and we know how expensive it is to provide long-term care and or hospital care so looking to the kinds of solutions that researchers are showing um, would be a a smart thing i think for for uh, lawmakers to do more often and you mentioned something in the piece that you put together that i found very interesting like when doctors get together and take a look at you know mapping out um, a treatment protocol for whatever patient they're dealing with there's all kinds of different disciplines that are involved, some of them non-medical at all, you know, modeling, computer programming, all that sort of stuff. We can apply that same sort of principle, you know, approach to, to everything we do in healthcare, can't we? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we are really focusing on here in our program is what we're calling it radical collaboration. So exactly like you said, it's saying, you know, why don't we not only, you know, work better together as doctors, nurses and other frontline health workers, but you're right, look to the computer programmers who can can help us uh, be able to, to study, you know, how can we actually take machine learning, for example, and, and give us smarter ideas as to who's going to get sick and who isn't going to get sick. Or uh, the example I used in the piece is just the amount of work that can take place um, looking at cancer care, for yeah. example, and, uh, and, and making sure that we're working across the professions to be able to determine what are actually new ways of being able to treat cancer better, more effectively, safer, um, and in a more economical way. So what's the barrier? Why have we not been able to do this? I mean, obviously politicians know throwing more money at it might look good. It's not really going to accomplish anything. Why, why haven't we tried a different approach? Well, I think some of it is that we, you know, um, politicians need to a certain extent to give the public more credit for being able to have nuanced and um, complicated conversations and and you know in a, in the world where sound bites are part of uh, of how people campaign, um, nobody wants to actually have those difficult conversations to say, actually, it's not necessarily about how much money we spend. It's about how we organize ourselves. And and I'm not necessarily promising that I'm going to throw a whole lot more money at this, but I'm going to bring in smart people who are going to help us be able to, to figure out uh, systems that, that run better. So, you know, I hope increasingly that we can sort of say, first of all, let's cut back on the partisanship. That would be one of my... Mm -hmm. please. And the other would be to say, you know, 
uh, treat Canadians with the intelligence that they have and the fact that we don't, you know, that we're willing to have difficult conversations because, um, you know, the easy answers are not always the best ones. You know, we've had talks on the show before about infrastructure and some experts in that field saying, you know what, it needs to be taken out of the election cycle. It needs to be completely removed from partisan politics and it needs to be long-term set up by a, you know, at-length, arm's-length government agency, but it's not subject to the election cycles. Is there an opportunity to do something like that with healthcare? Well, that happens certainly to a significant extent. And I mean, I think our, our health systems in the country are really indebted to the people who do work behind the scenes in a nonpartisan way. Um, you know, people within our ministries of health and that try to, and, and regional health authorities that, that try to do a very good job uh, at, at running health systems. And sometimes, it, you know, it becomes too political and you're right, that's, that's not necessarily helpful. Um, it probably because it's such a big part of yeah. every budget will always be subject to to uh, to you know the political uh, opportunism that happens at, at the time of election. But you know I think we need to push for and reward politicians who who do speak frankly, who do um, uh, recognize that uh, we've you know that that there's serious work to do and that money is not always the answer. Yeah, excellent. Uh, thanks so much for the conversation this morning. Really insightful. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for reaching out. It's been nice talking to you. Thank you. That is Jane Philpot, who is the former health minister in our country, uh, currently the dean of the Faculty of Health Sciences and director of the School of Medicine at Queen's University. And uh, saying some of the things that I like to say on this show all the time, you know what, we need to do the job. We always point our fingers at the politicians and say, well, they're, you know, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Why? Because we let them, right? And like she says, we need to reward the politicians who won't come out throwing around checks that we know won't necessarily help, but the ones who say, listen, we need to do some hard work here. Uh, It may not be politically expedient. It may not fit into a soundbite. It may not look good, you know, standing with the big novelty check. But it might actually help us. Um, But we just... uh, Some of you get mad when I call politics a game. But it is. And we treat it as a game. And so do the politicians. And the good ones know how to play it well to their benefit to get elected. And be damned to the constituents in a lot of cases. It doesn't matter. Uh, As long as it works to increase their support, that's what they're going to do. They go in with great ideas. And they go in wanting to help. and and, And some of them genuinely do. They still want to. Um, and they still want to work on things. I'm not saying all politicians are bad people and are just craving and trying to get reelected, but that's job one, I believe. Um, and they work as hard as they can once they're there to make things better. But at the same time, constantly over top of it all is allegiance to the party and making sure the party gets reelected. And that's the way that it works. So, like Jane said, you know, it's it comes down to the voters in some place. And, you know, that's not going to work for us anymore. We demand more. I don't know how we go about doing it, but we have to have the conversation.